Good morning and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast for a Thursday. It seems like I haven't been recording very much this week and uh, I think that's true. You know, uh, it's been kind of busy and been working late nights. For example, last night I worked until about 2.15, but I didn't get to sleep until 4. And I think it's currently about 11 a.m., um, but I haven't had any caffeine, so this is the first attempt to make a Pittsburgh Pirates rant podcast sans caffeine, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, my stomach is, it's got some issues, let's put it that way, you know, and I don't really have the um, the urge to drink coffee like I used to now that I wake up in the afternoon. I prefer to drink a soda, but I don't like the calories there, right? Um, I sort of came up with some sort of um, uh, new thing yesterday. It was lemon black tea. So I believe it has the caffeine in it um, because it's a black tea. Um, But it also has a little bit of a lemon tinge, like a lemon lift sort of thing. Um, And then I put a drop of, um, we didn't have any honey. So I put a drop of um, Aunt Jemima or Mrs. Butterworth or something like that in the tea. And it was pretty good. Um, I mean, I might just go with that. It's a little bit of a pain, like um, nuking the water and then letting the tea bag seep, you know, and waiting for that rather than just pouring a cup of coffee. But it's definitely better on my stomach, you know, and it nothing's worse than um, doing a night shift at Wegmans stocking shelves when you have a sour stomach, you know. And I'm paying for all those years in college and after of eating um, suicide wings at a place that's still in Slippery Rock. If you, well, actually, I don't think it is there. I think N. Lai, the um, uh, the Chinese food place, is still in Slippery Rock, and that's been there for over thirty years. Um, but the other place, which is um, Top Wing. Uh, they went out of business at some point. You know, wings got expensive. College kids, you know, had different interests and stuff like that. So Top Wing is not still in business. But back when I went to college in the early 90s, um, a friend of mine we called Grindor um, used to eat Top Wing. And he got me into these suicide wings, you know, as spicy as possible. And it's fun to eat those suicide wings when you're sweating and you get a little bit of a... um uh, endorphin rush, you know, and they taste good and they're good with beer in college, you know, but it it did permanent damage to my stomach, you know, a combination of that. And I ate a lot of, um, spicy Thai food, like, um, green curry Thai food with five stars, you know, which is as spicy as you can make it. And, you know, ate a lot of peppers and stuff like that. And I just think I did damage to my stomach, you know, I wasn't born in um, Thailand, you know. I don't have generations of being able to build up, you know, a, a stomach for that spicy of food, you know. Oh, and not to mention like um, lamb vindaloo, the Indian uh, food, spicy with naan. By the way, if you've never eaten that, go out and eat that today. Um, vindaloo Indian food with naan is some of the best food you'll ever eat, you know. 
But man, I just can't eat it anymore, right? It kills my stomach, especially if I'm not going to work that night because it's just, if I'm going to work that night because it's just too risky. You know what else I was thinking about last night, you know? For some reason that my mind was going with like how you get caught in lies because of the internet. And I remembered that, um, I don't think I ever mentioned to you guys that Michael Stewart, um, one of the better wide receivers for the Pittsburgh um for Pitt Panthers. Um, he was, I worked with him for years. He was one of my sales reps when I worked at Marlin Leasing in New Jersey. Uh, Michael Stewart, we call, I, I nicknamed him Stewage, <laughs> you know, and he, he didn't mind that nickname Stewage. Um, he worked with me and, you know, he could sell. He had a very good personality, um, but he also had problems with drugs and alcohol uh, he would tell lies about, you know, getting hurt on Monday Night Football and stuff like that. He also had unpaid child support, um, and they were always um, contacting us at Marlin Leasing, trying to get us to um, take the child support directly out of his um, pay. So it, I eventually had to let him go, you know. I mean, I, I went into Sheets one day. Him and I were going on a sales call, and I caught him looking through my um, glove compartment for money, you know. Uh, But you know what? Like I said, he was caught up in, like, drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. We went out on an afternoon um, sales call one time, and he ordered a beer, which was sort of, like, unusual. I mean, if I order a beer, you know, like, if I was going to take out one of the reps— and I'm like, you know what? Let's just get a beer this afternoon, which I've done, you know, a few times. That's one thing. But I'm ordering an unsweetened iced tea, you know, and he's ordering a beer. The dude just had some issues, you know. Really nice guy, stewage, you know. Hopefully he's doing well out there. But the reason I thought it was interesting is because he was um, honored from time to time at Pitt um, for his um, play on the field as a wide receiver. Uh, so if you look up Michael Stewart, um, that's a guy that I was friends with and I, uh, I coached as a sales rep. Um, it, there was also another incident where um, he, owed, he had borrowed a ton of money. Oh, he used to borrow money from everybody, you know. The entire 200 employees we had, he borrowed 10 bucks from each of them, you know. <laughs> so, um, and I'm sure he asked me to borrow money, you know, from time to time as well. But, yeah, he had borrowed money from the running back that he played with at Pitt. And the running back was a um, a salesperson for um, equipment, which is what we did. We did financing for equipment. And so the salesperson contacts me and he's like, hey, can you, um, you know, when we pay some of these leases, can you make sure I get paid? Because Michael owes me a lot of money, you know, and you, that's just no way to run a business, you know, like we had to get rid of him because it was just too bad. The police were showing up because of the child support and people were upset, you know, people were getting really upset about not being paid back their money, you know. But again, I got to work with Michael Stewart, who was one of the leading wide receivers um, in the Pitt Panthers history and has been invited back to Pitt, you know, for celebrations at halftime. He just had all kinds of issues on the personal end. So I was thinking about that last night and how I never mentioned that. Um, 
What else was I thinking about? Well, Pennsylvania, right? I'll explain Pennsylvania to you. I mean, there wasn't a lot of surprises, to be honest, in the elections. The only surprise is that the Democrats showed up to vote. You know that the Republicans are always going to show up to vote, but the Democrats showed up to vote. And I think a lot of it had to do with abortion. Um, But um, the reason that there wasn't a red wave after um, Biden was voted in and, you know, Biden was unpopular is just because the Democrats showed up, you know. And the way Pennsylvania works is um, most of the population increase over the last decade has been in the Philadelphia area and particularly the Philadelphia suburbs up through Allentown, right? And there's been a lot of movement into the city in Pittsburgh as well. Um, So if you think about it, Philadelphia and the suburbs are going to be um, mostly Democrats, you know, Uh, because they're coming from New York, they're coming from New Jersey, Um, you know, they are more white collar jobs, you know, uh, it's just generally more of a, um, what's been voting Democrat lately, you know, the Republican votes have come mostly from the small towns, right? So you have small towns in Pennsylvania, like Indiana and Slippery Rock. I'm just mentioning like the college ones. Uh, but you also have, um, like Dubois, Pennsylvania, Clearfield, Pennsylvania, you know, these areas that will certainly vote, you know, a good 70% Republican. Um, But, you know, those areas have not nearly increased enough to offset all of this population coming into Philadelphia, the Philadelphia suburbs, Allentown, which there's a road that runs from um, New York City. It's Route 78 and Route 22 right into Allentown. You know, so you get a lot of New Jersey people moving there as well. And some people will commute, you know, close to New York City up into the New York suburbs from Allentown just because they want to live in Pennsylvania, you know, where things aren't too busy and too crowded and property taxes aren't too out of hand. But they still want to get that money from working in North Jersey, right? So Allentown is certainly going to be a Democratic voting area. And then, you know, you still have areas like um, uh, Scranton, Wilkesbury, Lackawanna County that votes Democrat. Now, um, but Scranton and Wilkesbury, their populations are declining, you know, so it doesn't really um, make sense for this conversation on why Pennsylvania is now a blue state, which means that most people vote Democrat. Um, the other thing that happened, and I have a friend of mine that lived in Wilkinsburg. I had a lot of black friends. Um, when I worked at, um, right after college, I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car in Pittsburgh. Um, so a lot of these guys, they either lived in Wilkinsburg or East Liberty, you know, which would, were the minority neighborhoods back then. And uh, these dudes, um, once Obama ran his first term, um, they got very good at organizing the neighborhoods to vote. And this was even before mail-in voting became big. So they would organize um, a jitney driver in each block to run people up to vote on election day, you know, um, to make sure that Obama got in, you know. So Pennsylvania went both times pretty strong for Obama, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. And a lot of that had to do with Allegheny County, but specifically 
Pittsburgh, the minority areas in Pittsburgh. At the same time, um, Pittsburgh had an increasing um, gay and lesbian um, population. And those um, populations tend to vote Democrat because um, they're concerned with, you know, gay and lesbian issues, you know, fairness and stuff like that, um, health care, you know, things like that. So um, Pittsburgh has become even more Democrat than it was way back when the steelworkers unions, you know, and all these unions, you know, were encouraging you to vote to vote Democrat. It's even more Democrat now, you know, because they're very organized with the minority vote and the um, gay and lesbian population has become big enough to where, you know, you're you're taking over entire neighborhoods and areas of the city, you know, and those people are going to vote Democrat. So if you're wondering what happened, you know, why Democrats swept Pennsylvania, that's basically it in a nutshell. And even some of the other areas um, in central Pennsylvania, um, some of the Democrats took over there as well um, because you have areas that eh, I wouldn't say you're going through a population explosion, but you're certainly having increased populations um, in areas surrounding like Hershey and Harrisburg, you know, because those are other areas that have highways that go straight down to Baltimore or straight over to Philadelphia, or straight over to New Jersey, you know? So um, you got a lot of people moving there as well, and a lot of jobs moving there as well, um, that are basically suburban people that are leaning Democrat these days, you know? So, I mean, that's what happened in the election. Some people are happy about it, some aren't. You know, about 52% of the people are happy, about 48% of the people aren't. Um, So that's the election. As far as the Pirates go, I saw a little bit of buzz out there that they're going to have to get rid of five people today that have been on the 60-day disabled list because those people are going to be, and Stumpy put this, I I assume he knows what he's talking about. Those people are going to be considered part of the 40-man roster today, November 10th. And you have till the 18th to um, get your roster really ready and decide who you're going to tender and non-tender and stuff like that. But um, apparently they have to make some cuts today. So that that's going to be something fun to watch. Also, Brian Reynolds has not be, been um, in the pictures of any of the promos lately. So I'm pretty sure that Ben Sherrington has, also, has already alerted the marketing department that Brian Reynolds is gone soon, you know? There's a lot of buzz around Brian Reynolds right now. And it seems like they might trade him sooner than later, you know, like before the season starts. Um, and I'm just basing that on, if you look at um, the Pittsburgh Pirates thing on Twitter, you know, they do not put Brian Reynolds in any of their marketing anymore, you know. And if you look at the very last lineup of the season last year, it featured um, the uh, Asian guy in center field. And not Brian Reynolds. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think the writing is all over the wall. um, That they're willing to get rid of Reynolds and his contract now. You know? Because what's the point of having him around um, if you're not going to win in the next few years? And if you're going to have to pay him. Which is even... That's the bigger thing. Let's face it with the Pirates, you know? They they don't want to pay him. 
Um, Ben Sherrington would rather have that payroll flexibility with younger guys or flip guys, you know. So you could bring on someone like, um, uh, people call him Miggy Two Bags or whatever, but Miguel uh, Andujar. You could bring on more guys like that to flip um, if you have a little bit more payroll flexibility. So it looks like Brian Reynolds is gone, you know. And, of course, you get buzz about the Pirates might sign this guy, that guy, or the other guy to free agency. But until it happens, you're not going to see me doing any speculating, you know. Even though it's a fun thing, I suppose, for people to do on Twitter, it's not fun for me, you know. Because I know the Pirates likely aren't signing anybody. So why would you have all this speculation out there that they are, you know. I mean, why would you even bring up names that you know they're not going to sign because these people are going to want more than $5 million a year. Guys like Josh Bell, for example, you know, like they're not in that market, you know, and they don't plan to be in that market. What they are marketing, and they just came out with a new marketing thing today, is bobbleheads, drone shows, kids' day, you know. Oh, they love kids' day. So, I mean, stuff like that. But the team is not about winning. It's not going to be about winning anytime soon. And if they do accidentally win at some point in the future, I'll be somewhat surprised, you know, but I'll be, I'll be on board. It'll be fun. You know, more people will be listening to the podcast, I suppose. But, um, that's what's going on with the pirates. Not a whole hell of a lot, you know, I mean, I've gone over many times how, um, they were disappointing in the minors this year and how, um, the Arizona fall league was just a little bit more of that disappointment. And the biggest disappointment in the Arizona Fall League wasn't those hitters who continued to be disappointing, um, guys like Henry Davis and uh, Nick Gonzalez. It was um, Quinn Priester and his 6.23 ERA. That was disappointing, you know, because we have so few guys that are doing well in the minors, you know, and we don't have any veterans left on this team. Once Reynolds is gone... Key Brian Hayes is going to be the only guy on this team with over a thousand at bats, you know. And once they trade Andujar, the only guy on this team with over a thousand at bats because they did not offer a contract to Ben Gamble, which they should have, you know. They probably should have kept Chavis just because of the experience and he's a good guy in the clubhouse. But at least there's some stability there, you know. This team has absolutely no stability. And that's why it's a hodgepodge of nothingness, you know? They bring this guy in, that guy's gone. You know, like, they bring in a new guy and Anthony Alford's gone. They bring in Chavis, and now Chavis is gone, you know? And there's just, they just signed a hodgepodge guy last week. It was a former second-round pick of the Colorado Rockies, who was a bust, who the Rockies cut. Boom. Let's add him to our team, put him in the mix for the outfield, you know? Um, they brought up a um, catcher who was a bust from another team. Boom, let's put him into the mix and have him compete with Jason DeLay, you know, for the starting catcher job. This is your Pittsburgh Pirates, people. It's not signing guys that you've heard of. It's not signing veterans that actually have produced on the major league level. It's a hodgepodge of nothingness, you know. And that's pretty much what's going on this week, you know. The election's over. 
The Pittsburgh Penguins actually won a game, um, but they're not doing well. The Steelers are playing this weekend. And, you know, people are trying to bring up players that the Pittsburgh Pirates might sign. But I've never seen this low of an interest on the Pittsburgh Pirates on Twitter. Now, I know it's Steelers season and Penguin season, but those guys aren't doing well. But man, nobody is replying to any of these Pirates posts that, let's say, like NS9 is putting up or any of these guys are putting up. Even Cody, you know, even some of his guys aren't responding as much as usual to the Pittsburgh Pirates stuff because, one, it's the offseason, and two, people are just fed up with this nonsense, you know? They're fed up with not trying to win, but I don't see that going away anytime soon. Despite that, there's a little bit of warm weather coming back. It's the very last grasp of Indian summer in Pittsburgh, so I encourage you to enjoy that. Get outdoors, you know, get some exercise, get off the couch, Enjoy your life. Peace out.